Okay, so episode five, yay or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't. So I'd like to start by saying thank you to all of you who reached out to me, whether in person or via email. I really learned a lot from all of you, whether on using antonyms to explain certain words or repeating definitions of keywords. Even those who debated me for hours at a time, you helped me see different perspectives. This is in essence our collective work, not just mine. So if you cannot reach me in person, please use the email in the podcast description. I promise to read and respond to every email as is possible. So we start with a recap. We Muslims, we live by a strict code from abstinence to how thoroughly you clean your button. We do not do this because we like the lifestyle. We do this because we have a message from outer space, from the creator of the heaven and the earth. This message was delivered to us by an illiterate Arab messenger from a cave near Mecca. It is called Quran, and it is in the name of Allah, the Rahman, the Merciful. The message challenges mankind. Prove there is nothing miraculous about this message. Bring about a single surah of its likeness. After all, it is you who claim this is not the word of Allah, but the work of an illiterate Arab man. In this podcast, I will take you over this message in English, reading answers to questions like, Who is Allah? Why did Allah create mankind? And why won't Allah talk to us right here and right now, or send us a sign? It is impossible for me or for anyone to replicate its miraculous beauty, of course, from Arabic into any other language. I will focus instead on bringing you its meaning in English. I leave it to you to bring a single surah of its likeness and bring Islam crashing down. Quran is made of 114 surahs. A surah is a chapter of Quran. A surah is made of ayahs or verses. Uh, some surahs are three ayahs long and some others are 260 or, pl- or more even uh, ayahs long. The first surah of Quran, namely Al-Fatiha, or the, opener in, uh, or the opener in English, is known as the mother of the holy book. It starts by teaching mankind how to praise, glorify, and invoke Allah, the Rabb, the manager and nurturer of all things, sovereign of the day of recompense. It follows by how to call for succor and ask for guidance in the ways of the blessed, not those who incurred anger nor those who went astray. The, the second surah of Quran named The Cow starts by clarifying the subject of this message and answering the call. Here is your guidance, spoken in the same letters you use. It then points to three recipients of this message. First are the muttaqin. If you remember, this is a critical word, those who act to protect or shield themselves. They are seekers who believe in the beyond. They know they have a purpose in this world, not unlike the prophets of old, who would meditate for months away from people trying to connect with their creator. They are the triumphant ones. Second are the kafirun, those who knowingly, purposefully cover themselves to avoid the light and deny the message of Allah. They will not believe regardless of what you say. Allah promises them great punishment. Third are the fools who dare attempt to deceive Allah by claiming to believe when they don't. They intend to use Allah's message and people for their own earthly gains. They are in Allah's power. They will serve their purpose in life whether they like it or not. And to them are painful tortures for their lives. Okay, so today's episode is going to be a heavy one. We will no longer talk introductions. This surah, the cow, it has a major scope and it starts right away by answering critical questions. In today's episode, we will read about who Allah is, what does Allah demand of us, how do we know this is truly his message, and what will Allah do to those who believe or reject this message. Let's dive right in. Ayah 21. Mankind, submit to your Rabb that created you and those before you. Might you, tattaqoon. Okay, so mankind, the Arabic word used here is Ya ayyuhan nas, which is a call phrase used as if you are shouting from a, top, a mountaintop, as if you're trying to call someone to pay attention. 
you could replace uh, mankind with people of the earth, humans, etc. It's the same meaning as long as it is as in this phrase you are calling someone. So submit is not an ideal translation to the Arabic word in the original text, which is Arbudu, uh, but it conveys the meaning partially. The Arabic word involves submitting oneself into slavery, obeying, carrying out the bidding of and submissiveness to someone. As a matter of fact, the root of the Arabic word for slave, Abd, is the same as the one in the command Arbudu. So this is a letter for all mankind demanding surrender, submission into slavery for its sender. But who is the sender? What gives him the right? So they immediately get the answer. Your Rabb, like we said earlier, the manager and nurturer of uh, the owner of you. But not only that, this one Rabb is actually laying claim by right of creation to, uh, to all mankind. Arabs, Muslims, Hindus, Christians, Westerners, whatever. Your Rabb that created you, the current reader of this message and those before you. Might you, Tattakhun is a threat. Tattakhun is the verb version of Muttaqin. Remember those muttaqin from the beginning? So those who act or shield, uh, or those who act to shield or protect themselves. So this letter starts by demanding submission to that who created you and all before you. Might you protect or shield yourself? Ayah 22. That who made for you off the land a bedding, and off the heaven a building, and brought down off the heaven water, and so brought out with it of the yields sustenance to you. And so, do not make for Allah peers when you know. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. So we start with, that who made for you off the land a bedding, and off the heaven a building, and brought down of the heaven water. Note the use of made off the land, and not just made the land. The Arabic word here is ja'ala, which means transformed, changed from state to state. So the land existed, but it was not a bidding. Allah changed or transformed the land into a bidding. The heaven existed, but it was not a building. Allah changed or transformed the heavens into a building. So note also that this transformation of both of them is for you specifically, for mankind. What does transforming the earth into a bidding mean? The Arabic word here is firasha. Which means a bed you sleep in, a bed of flowers, a fertile land, a, a layer of soft rock for a building. So Allah transformed the earth from a previous state into a bedding to specifically sustain human life. A bedding where mankind can survive and thrive. Think of a culture or a medium used for growing bacteria in a lab, for example. Likewise, the heaven was transformed into a building, which is an exact translation. Note that the Arabs differentiated between uh, the words for buildings, which are resilient, offered a lot more benefits, comforts, and protections against the elements compared to tents, for example. So the heavens are a protective building in which we reside atop a bedding suitable for human life. And brought down of the heaven water. The Arabic word here is wa'anzala, which is a past tense for bringing something down. So Allah tells us of creating this system, this process that Allah used to bring down the very first rains on earth. Imagine someone creating a system to pump water. The point in which you see water flowing properly through the pipes and out of the faucet, this is the end of the, the system design and implementation. Note, uh, if you remember the use of and, and, and in this segment, remember this, we said this is the Arabic letter uh, wa, wa, which is a way for uh, setting up a causation chain. This is where we get that to the next part of the ayah. And so, brought out with it of the yields sustenance to you. And so, fa, 
which ends the sequence uh, or causation chain. So all these systems, while designed to sustain and nurture human life, they were also used to do one more thing, that is, brought out with it. So using these systems, earth, heaven, and water, Allah pulled out with it the very first yields. The Arabic word is a thamarat, which translates to fruits, produce, or yields. Again, note the use of the past tense to lay claim to the creation of the systems to pull out of the earth the very first plant life used for sustenance for mankind. So Allah here tells us of the creation of the entire earth ecosystem, earth, heaven, plant life as a sandbox, specifically designed to nurture and support human life. And so do not make of anything for Allah appears when you know. So here we get another end of a causation chain, which is fa here. To tell mankind that after Allah created you, those before you, created this sandbox, this protective ex- ecosystem in which you grow and thrive, you can grow and thrive. So do not make off, remember when we said the Arabic word here is ja'ala. So do not make off something peers to Allah when you know. The Arabic word taj'alu, like we said earlier, it signifies a change from state to state. So Allah, uh, so like Allah made for us the uh, of the earth a bidding and of the sky a building, Humans tend to make th- of things they know peers to Allah, like those who ascribe godhood to other humans, idols, the sun, the stars, and trees, etc. So Allah is telling us, how can anything you know be a peer to the Creator who made you and all those before you, and made of all these things an enclosed, protective environment as you know, as a sandbox for you to survive and thrive in? How could the sun, the stars, the moon, any heavenly body be appeared to Allah when Allah made of them an ecosystem for you to live in? How could the earth, the mountains, the rivers, or any of them be appeared to Allah? How could rain, storms, trees, animal life, anything in earth be appeared to Allah when it was created specifically for you by Allah? So don't be fools. Don't make peers to Allah out of the house you live in, or the fireplace, or the lamp, or your furniture, or your food or your companions inside this house. You know these things. You are practically harnessing these things for yourself. Ayah 23 And if you are in calms of what we brought down upon upon our slave, so bring forth a surah of its likeness, and call your attendance under Allah if you are truthful. Okay, so what if you don't believe this? Remember, this is uh, part of of our very first intro. After all, didn't Allah just tell us not to make of anything pierced to Allah? What if this illiterate messenger Arab person is just a man trying to gain status like many others before him? The Arabic word here uh, is raib, which means uh, whatever uh, unease you feel in your heart about something. The ayah specifically uses qualm instead of doubt. So if the slightest feeling of unease touches your heart about the truthfulness of this message, use the following litmus test. Put your lips together. Speak words like these words. Invent them right here and right now. Go ahead. Uh, contact your maker, uh, or even, you know what, invent this message yourself. Can't you beat what an illiterate Arab man invented if this is your claim? Hold on, let's raise the stakes. Allah invites you in the ayah, right here and right now. Bring forth every tool and everyone you know. Collaborate amongst yourselves. Call in your gods, your constructs, your artificial intelligence, I don't know, your relatives, whatever you want. Use everything you know under Allah. Make up words like these representing a message from the creator of the heaven and earth. Can't you even say mere words and just win this argument? So the final part of the ayah is, uh, if you are truthful, is a throwback to the three types of recipients of this Quran. The kafirun, remember both categories, the direct and the fools, 
will just say they truly believe anything is the equivalent of Quran, whatever is, is thrust in front of them. So this coming part is not of the ayah, but it will just help illustrate the meaning behind if you are truthful. Back in the day, uh, there were many who claimed to have brought uh, Qurans equal. Most famous of them was a man called uh, Musaylima. Musaylima claimed he brought the equivalent of Quran. So, uh, and listen to this. This is part of the of whatever Musaylima is uh, has brought to them. O oh, frog, daughter of two frogs, croak as you will. Your top in water, your bottom in mud. Another one is the elephant, and what knows you of the elephant? They have long trunks. That's the creation of our honorable Rabb, the elephant, and what knows you of the elephant has a short tail and a long trunk, and many others like that. All of the above is literally word for word, translating it took practically two seconds. Musaylima's tribe actually followed him as a messenger, as a man who brought the equivalent of Quran. The Arabs of 1400 years ago laughed at Musaylima's tribe so hard that they actually made the following statement. We know that Musaylima is a liar and that Muhammad is truthful, but a liar of our tribe is better for us than an honest man of their tribe. So 1400 years have passed and not a single Arab man managed anything like Quran, except for laughable things like Musaylima's. So when Allah says, if you are truthful, this is addressed to the seekers, the muttaqeen, the kafirun will accept anything like Musaylima's tribe. They will not, so just do not bother even talking to them, recognize them for the fools they are. There are finally two more distinctions in this ayah. So Muhammad, the messenger of Allah, is referred to here as a slave. So Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The man bringing this message to us and the most central figure of Islam is not higher than anyone reading this message. He is a thing of Allah, a slave to Allah, no more and no less, same as everyone else. Finally, brought down is again used to tell us that Allah is above, and uh, Allah sends things down to us. Ayah 24 And so if you don't, and you want, then ittaqu the fire, fueled by people and stones, prepared for the kafirun. So fa is used again, so to, uh, to link this ayah in causation to the previous ayah. And so if you do not bring a surah of its likeness, and you won't bring a surah of its likeness, when you come to the realization that this Quran, this message is beyond you, is unlike anything you know. Fa, then, ittaqu. Remember the muttaqeen from the very beginning? Those who act to protect themselves? Remember when Allah said, might you tattaqun? In this same episode, when Allah said, might you act to protect or shield yourselves? So now we know what are we to protect ourselves from here. Ittaqu is a direction here. It is the very form ordering you to act to protect yourself from the fire. So the muttaqeen, they who protected themselves from the fire, might you tattaqoon, might you protect yourself from the fire? And now you're getting a direct order. Submit, might you protect yourself from the fire? A fire fueled by mankind and stoned, prepared for the kafirun. So this is it. What punishment and great tortures await those kafirun who choose and intentionally cover their hearts and senses so as to deny Allah's light. They will serve their purpose in life, whether they like it or not, as Allah said in previous ayahs, and then they will serve their final purpose, their chosen lot, their own commerce and trade. They will be used along with stones to fuel a great fire. Ayah 25 And bring glad tidings to they who amanu and performed good deeds, that to them are gardens, run rivers beneath. Whenever they are bestowed of it a fruit, sustenance, said they, 
That is what we were given before. And it was brought to them alike. And theirs in it are purified concerts. And they are in it eternal. So this ayah brings some of the most beautiful depictions of the blessings that the mu'minun who perform good deeds will receive. The Arabic word for good deeds here is as-salihat. Good deeds is not an exact translation, but it is close enough. The Arabic word in its root is the antonym of corruption, as in, this is a corrupt apple, it is not a good apple. So the good deeds are here are free are, are deeds free of corruption. And so this message brings glad tidings to those who submit in peace, delivers their deliver their hearts in acceptance and follow the way of Allah. They who amanu and perform good deeds free of corruption. Know that the ayah does not say that all their deeds are free of corruption. It specifically states that they perform a measure of good deeds in their life, albeit it doesn't yet say how much is required. To them are gardens with rivers running beneath them. The picture of serenity, the aim of most humans, gardens, trees, flowers, fruits, running water. Every time they are blessed in those gardens with a fruit, they say to themselves or to each other, oh, this is the same fruit we had from last time. So this clearly implies that what they were just given looked close to a previous thing they enjoyed. But the ayah continues by saying, and it was brought to them alike. Alike here refers to the fruit itself. So it is not actually the same fruit. It is a completely new sensory experience every time, all the time. This coming part is not in the ayah. Note the variety Allah says is in heaven. In this modern day and age, we know how varied species and individuals within their species and kind are. So consider that no two humans are identical. Even twins eventually diverge as they grow up. Consider that no two ants are exactly the same. No two planets nor two star systems are the same. Is it possible for anyone to comprehend how many species made of varied individuals lived or used to live on planet earth not i'm not talking about kinds of things no just living things imagine if you include in this category everything in the universe so allah is telling us that this same power over variance will be used to create a never-ending supply of of new sensory experiences to they who amanu in those gardens we go back to the ayah they are blessed in it with purified concerts so even more rewards in the form of pleasures of the flesh it is to them without limits, but with none of the taints that, that accompany such pleasures in our current lives. No diseases, no pains, just pleasures, unbound and to their liking. And they are in it eternal. No more tests, no more work, no difficulties, no worries of what tomorrow brings. Eternal life of indulgence and happiness. Ayah 26 Know that Allah does not shy from striking an example, a mosquito to all above it. So they who amanu know it is the truth from their Rabb. And they who kafaru say, What intends Allah of such an example? Misleads with it many and guides with it many. And misleads with it only the fasiqun. Okay, so now that you heard who Allah is, what are his demands? And you have your own test to verify the truth behind this. Allah tells you, dear listener or reader, don't think that Allah will fear sharing anything with, of you, with you or shy away from sharing anything with you because you might be able to test it. No, my friend, buckle up. You're getting a wild ride with this Quran. Allah will not shy away from giving you everything, from a mosquito to any and all above it. Nothing is off limits. And so, so we get again another causation again, um, chain. Fa. They who amanu, when they will hear the incredible things in Quran, they will know it to be the truth from Allah. And they who kafaru, note that the use of and here is setting up for causation. 
So due to those who kafaru, covering their hearts and senses and choosing to deny Allah's light, fa, so, because of that intent and choice, they will say, what does Allah intend by this example? Why is Allah telling us about these things? So Allah answers them right away with those same, with those same examples. Allah will misdirect or mislead a lot of people so they, so they never succeed and achieve their goals. And Allah will guide with the same examples many people to reaching their goals. So why would Allah mislead someone? Why would Allah mislead anyone? The Arabic word here uh, describing that person is the fasiqun. Fasiqun does not have a direct translation. In its root, the word means to split something away from its shell or from its skin or whatever is on top of it. So this means that the, those fasiqun were already wearing the skin or shell that they are splitting from. So what commitment are they splitting away from or shedding off themselves? Ayah 27 They who violate Allah's covenant after it was sealed and sever that which, was, which ordered Allah be connected and corrupt in the land, they are the losers. So these fasiqun, they are splitting away from or violating a covenant with Allah and they sever something Allah ordered connected and not just any covenant but an already sealed one. So what is this deal we mankind sealed with Allah? Have you personally any knowledge of such covenants or deals? How do we know this is the truth? What did Allah order connected and those fasiqun people are severing? Allah will answer these questions down the line. Their final trait is something we heard before. They corrupt in the land. This is the trait of the kafirun we heard about earlier. The fools who try to deceive Allah. So as they claim to be of the people of Allah, when they are liars, as they claim to be seeking Allah's light when they seek to twist it. Allah will show us in this Quran how Allah is misleading them so they never succeed. They will read, Quran will expose them for who they are. And so they will start saying, okay, what does Allah want with this? Why is Allah saying this or that to try and sow doubt in your mind about this Quran? They are the losers. The Arabic word here is Al-Khasirun. Emphasizing again, recompense, commerce with Allah. It is their chosen lot. It is their desired price. Ayah 28. How can you takfuruna of Allah when you were dead and so he animated you and then he will make you dead and then he will animate you and then to him you are returned. So let's start the book of everything, mosquito and above, and we start with a simple straight question. So how can you, the Arabic word here is kaif, it forms an angry question. So how dare you, how can you takfuruna with your own free wills? intentionally cover yourselves close your eyes so that you do not see allah's message you were dead you were sand dust water and whatever else makes up the human body that is what you were you couldn't think you couldn't act try to remember where were you before you could think for yourself where were you before you were conceived by your parents by your parents allah is not talking about raising the dead allah here is talking about the very first creation of you you personally your mother didn't create you your father didn't create you. You're a complex machine. How did you come to be? And then Allah ordained that after you were made alive, that you will die. You return to that state of not existing. You will not think, talk, or act. This is death as we know it today. After you're alive, you die. And then you are returned to Allah. The Arabic word here is turja'un, which states that something will gather us and return us back to Allah. And so this is Allah's argument. This program that is life is beyond you. You did not choose when to come into being. You do not choose when you stop functioning, when you die. And then after death, no one has ever came back to say what happened. Someone or something is collecting us. 
we're never back into this world. How can you explain any of that absent the existence of a creator? When did this program that is life first coming to being from dead matter? When was the first cell ever created or the first living organism? How did it come to be? Can you explain? Ayah 29 He is the one who created for you what is in the earth, all, and then istawa to the heaven and resolve them seven heavens, and he of all things is knowing. So remember, Allah said that he is not going to shy away from anything. So he tells us that, look, the first argument is that you were created from nothing. You did not exist. Where were you before you were born, before you were conceived? And now he's, now he's telling you again, Allah created for you everything on planet Earth. Everything. So maybe here you're getting a glimpse of a key component. Maybe you do not know how all life has started, but you know that all life on planet Earth, all plant life, animal life, everything, was created by Allah, and it was created specifically to serve the purposes of mankind's existence on earth. This is explicitly mentioned. Everything, even diseases, yes, microbes, everything was created by Allah from dead matter for mankind. And then istawa, which is something of a heavy word. It's not an Arabic lesson, so the simplest form is that after Allah finished creating all things on earth for mankind, the heavens turn came, so Allah created all things on planet earth first and then resolved the heavens. Allah resolved the heavens into seven heavens. The Arabic word here is فَسَوَّاهُنَّ which translates into leveled them, shaped them, made them into seven heavens. And Allah is knowledgeable of the intricate details of everything, every detail about everything on earth and the heavens, from ants to the stars. So this is again a throwback to the point we said earlier that, look, Allah will not shy away from giving you the whole thing, a very detailed picture. And you can use your litmus test. Go ahead, use it and create and bring something that is the equivalent of this Quran. With that, we come to the conclusion of this episode, uh, a heavy one indeed. Now you are equipped to read everything in Quran. You know who Allah is, what are his demands. As you read more and more of Quran, and as Allah, like we said, will not shy away from sharing more and more things, you'll have more chances to apply your litmus test. If you can bring anything of its likeness, you win. So next episode, we'll start reading about the first of these miraculous things. Why did Allah create mankind? Why are we vicious? What of, his, what of this covenant that we have with Allah? Thank you all for listening and catch you next episode.